This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 14, Writing Habits. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. All right. Um, a lot of people ask me out of curiosity what my writing schedule is. I figured we'd do a podcast just talking about what our schedules are, um, these sorts of things. Uh, I know a lot of people are curious about it. So let's start with routine. Um, Howard, what's your daily routine? Step us through it. Um, daily routine. I start with breakfast because... What time? Um... 7.30. Okay. Seven, I, I am up at 7.30. I have off. children. <laughs> I have children who get up for school, and we all have a... So do I, but yeah. I still don't crawl we out of bed until 8. We, we have a little family time right around 7. I get up till 9, and I feel like I'm getting up early. Um, well, that's nice for you. Okay, okay. anyway, go on. Routine, routine, routine. routine. Okay, I, uh, so breakfast. Um, I, I dress out in my, you know, my I am going to work clothes. So you get dressed up. I, I get dressed up to go to work. Which is around the corner in like, the which office. Is, yeah, yeah. Down, down the hall. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, okay, and why I do sit you down do that? and write. I do that because uh, the writing space for me is also a headspace. Mm -hmm. If I'm still wearing my pajamas, I don't feel like I'm really ready to get started with the day. Okay. The other part of it is that I, I need shoes. Mm -hmm. If I'm not wearing shoes, I'm cold or my feet start to hurt or something. I'm just a shoe person. Okay. And so, and I'm not going to put on shoes if I'm not wearing pants. That would be silly. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to put on the shoes oh, twice. Thanks for that image, Howard. I'm just You happy. know, I don't know what else we can say after that. <laughs> okay, this has been Rodney Excuses. And everyone leave with the image of Howard wearing shoes and no pants. In the a tub is, full of diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> the point is I don't do that because it would be as absurd as the mental image you've conjured up. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I sit down and I start writing. For me, if I need to write a week's worth of comics so that I can be drawing in the afternoon, uh -huh. if I haven't really started writing by 10 a.m., mm -hmm. um, the day is a wash. The okay. day is a disaster. I really have to be writing in the morning. Now, okay. once I start writing, oh, I can write way past so 10 a.m. So why is that? Why? I'm not sure why that is. Because it can happen to me, too. Um, and this is, I guess we're talking about the psychology of being goofy writer people in this episode <laughs> because um, sometimes if, if I'll look at it an hour, if I'm really going, an hour's worth of time can get a lot of work done. Yeah. But if I sit down and say, I only have an hour, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing at all gets done at all. Um, and it's completely just this mental headspace thing. There's a book years ago, uh, written years ago, called People Wear, uh -huh. which talked about uh, knowledge workers in the information age, uh -huh. which is essentially what we are. We're creative yeah. professionals, but we're knowledge workers. And one of the points that they cool. made is that uh, the average knowledge worker really only gets about three hours of work done a day. Mm -hmm. um, That's what I've been telling my bosses for years. <laughs> well, and they never but, believed but me. But that three hours, that three hours is, if it's all in one block with no interruptions, it's an extremely productive block of time. And then most of the rest of the day is spent uh, in activities called like refilling the well, mm -hmm. is uh, you know going back to the well, whatever. But you recharging, mm -hmm. water cooler conversation, research, whatever. But that three hours of writing, of of output, of programming, or whatever, mm -hmm. is is really critical. And it's it has to have some momentum. If you've only got an hour to write, then well, forty five minutes of that 
might be just warm up. Yeah. You know, and then you get moving and you've really only got 15 minutes of good writing. It's like, ah, now I got to be done. Yeah. Whereas if you've got three hours to write, you spend that 45 minutes warming up and then there's that hour in the middle where it's just fantastic. Does this happen to you, Tim? Do you work this way or is it different for you? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, moving on. Oh. What, what, what was I going to say? I'll say it works this way for me. Okay. I have to have a block of four hours. Um, there's got to be people out there that do this differently. I, I don't know. But me, if I don't look down at, at my clock, at least see that I've got a four-hour chunk, it's going to be hard for me to put up the motivation to get into it because I know just as soon as, I'm gonna, as I get started working on something and really get into it, I'm going to get interrupted and stopped. Um, if I've only got an hour, a, a two-hour block, I'll do something else. I'll answer emails. Um, I will maybe do some brainstorming. Uh, there I'll, are people yeah. for whom that is just not an option. Yeah. We've talked uh, uh, in conjunction with the NaNoWriMo thing. Right. Um, there are people who write entire novels on their lunch breaks right. for a month. Yeah. But yeah. in order to do that, that 45-minute warm-up that I described, which yeah. a lot of knowledge workers need or think they need, is actually spent, they, they multitask before their lunch break. Right. And spend that 45 minutes thinking, man, when lunch hits, I've got an hour to write, and I'm psyching myself up for it. You know, and yeah. then they hit it, and they go, they go fast. When, um, mm -hmm. when, I'm, when writing time has been more precious to me, I, can, I'm, I produce much more quickly. Um, when the times in my life when I've had to go to school, when I've done all, had all these other things bugging me, i found that my writing time is more productive. And now that I am full-time, um, yes, I get more done, but I get... Oh, boy. Now it didn't scale up. Now. Well, it didn't, it didn't scale, scale up arithmetically. There you go. There mm -hmm. you go. Okay. Now I don't have to say any numbers. Good. Excellent. I'm going to sound stupid. You know, on the flip side of this, stupid. though, one you thing should. I have noticed about my own habits <laughs> is that I, uh, I will underestimate my ability to write in a short space. Yeah. And yeah. if, you know, I have an hour and a half left before I need to leave, and I think, well, I'm not going to get anything done. And if I actually will sit myself down and force myself to do it, I'll often find a yeah. whole chapter comes out the other end in an hour and a half, surprisingly. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan, the other end of what? I didn't say where I was sitting down. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Or what I was writing. Uh, Dan, what's your schedule? Let's start yours off. My schedule? like I said when we were making fun of Howard, was uh, that I get out of bed at 8 o'clock, um, hurriedly get the kids ready for school and send them off, and then I shower and get dressed and leave for work. Um, I do not write at home because uh, my, I've got a two-year-old who knows where Daddy's office is, and if I'm in there, she'll be in there too. And so it's just much easier for everyone involved. I uh, go actually to a friend's house. He has a spare room he lets me use, and so... Yeah, he's at work and he's you at work and his house. yeah, his house is empty all day. He's mm -hmm. a neat freak, so his house is spotlessly clean. And you mess it up for him? Actually, no, because no, I don't really. I, have does he let you eat there. out of his fridge? Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't let you <laughs> eat in his room. It's a sweet deal. No, I can't eat in his room. Yeah. Can but. you use his bed if you need to take a nap? I don't know if I would dare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a napper, though. I hate taking naps. Um, they drive me crazy. If people have read my books, there are jokes about this guy in the first in the acknowledgments pages of the first three Mistborn books. So we saying. won't tell you who it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I have got. I did this as well uh, when when I wrote the very first book was uh, in Brandon's basement, 
And mm -hmm. uh, it was a very similar writing situation. I would leave my house and I would come here and I just had this bare bones little writing station. Um, a card table with a computer sitting on it in the that middle of an nice empty computer. room. I gave that computer to you. It was a nice <laughs> computer. It was like Windows 3.1. It, awesome. it was. Yeah. Windows 3.1 in 2006. Yeah. So um, the one I have now is, is better than that. Mm -hmm. But uh, just it's very bare bones, absolutely minimal. <laughs> I do have a little uh, Colos miniature sitting on my do desk, you? though. That's the one and only adornment in my Where'd room. You get a, did you buy one? Uh, no, I got it for Christmas. Oh, great. From the unmentioned man whose home I use uh -huh. as an office. Colos is the best one. Yeah, it's very cool. All right, um, let's move on. Um, music. You guys listen to music while you work? Depending on what I'm working on, yes. Okay. Um, I will, uh, I set soundtracks for my books. Okay. Depending on what I want the book to feel like, I will go into internet radio, usually Pandora, and uh -huh. say, this is the kind of music I want to listen to. And then I'll set it up, and then I'll go. And all three books have had very different feels to them musically. I do something very similar. Um, though it's more, what am I in the mood for right now, as opposed mm -hmm. to matching the scene. Uh, Pandora's great. I uh, use that quite often. I uh, use a lot of OC remixes. Um, Howard, music? Uh, music when I work, yes. Music when I'm writing, never. Okay, so when you're drawing, you use music. Oh, when I'm drawing, when you're writing, that. Well, that's one of the reasons I do my penciling and my inking at Dragon's Keep is yeah. that when I'm drawing, I can talk. Mm -hmm. I can participate in a conversation because that mm -hmm. part of my brain isn't really being used. When I'm penciling, it's a little harder because you know I I'm, I have to describe the picture to myself before I right. start working on it. But inking is just tracing, as anybody who's watched Chasing yeah. Amy knows. Um, the uh, but the writing it's got to be quiet. And in fact, sometimes I am sitting down trying to write, and my kids are noisy, and I will step out of my office and instruct them that the room instruct outside them. my office is now <laughs> off limits, and they need to go upstairs. Matter of fact, just. Uh, just yesterday, I was trying to write something, and uh, my daughter and her little friend came down and were singing Christmas songs. Oh, they and were caroling I, they to They were caroling you. to it. I came out, and I said, this room is a no-singing zone right now. <laughs> and they said, oh, okay. And I went back into my office and heard them singing very quietly. And I said, no singing means no singing. You can go play upstairs now. I am a tyrant in so my castle. how do you avoid distraction? I yell at my children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I leave my children and go to a different there building. There are other distractions, however. There are. Um, I have to restrict my internet usage. Okay. I have to restrict my game playing. Okay. Um, but most of that is done, done purely by self-discipline. Do you have games installed on your work machine? I do not. Knuckles they are all installed on a different machine down the hall. <laughs> well, no, but see, that, that forces you. If you're going to play does. a game, yeah. you have yeah. to get up and go play a game. And I can't delude myself into thinking that it's a short thing because I'm actively standing up, leaving my workstation, and going yep. somewhere else. So my brain knows I'm cheating. For me, I've got to have the right sort of games and things. Um, there are certain things I can do which refill the well, which I can sit there and they will keep me thinking and going and so, won't break. They will bridge Solitaire between, and Minesweeper? Yeah, kind of Minesweeper-type games. I mean, okay. they're, they've, they've got to be things that don't take my mental energy. Minesweeper might even be too See? much of it. Makes me curious. It makes me okay. think. It's got to be brainless game. Galaga. For me, it's yeah. the opposite of that. Oh, yeah? Um, if I'm trying to brainstorm for something, then yes, I'll want something mindless. Yeah. But if I'm just refilling the well or recharging my creativity, 
it has to have a story to it. If it's a puzzle game, I'll think too much about the puzzle. And it, oh, it can't be a puzzle game for me, it though. It goes somewhere else. It's got to be completely else. mindless. Um, and these are the things that I'll be doing while I'm typing. I'll type three pages. I hit a point where it's like, oh, this is a rough patch. I'll stop for five or ten minutes, do something else, which won't take my attention, so my brain keeps working on that rough patch. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then back and keep going. Now, see, the toughest distraction for me is web browsing. And mm. the reason is that I will often sit down and be writing the dialogue and realize I can't finish this dialogue until I've done a spot of research. Uh -huh. And my research is often, you know, Wikipedia yeah. or Googling military terminology mm -hmm. or whatever. And well, as long as the browser's open, I might yeah. as well check the various schlock communities. Yeah. And mm -hmm. this is why I had to stop slope. actually going to forums. Um, I, I feel bad for my readers because my forums, I don't do met, my, many appearances, but they're so time consuming and it's interesting and you want to get in there and start talking. Yeah. I have and, cut down yeah. the amount of time that I spend in my forums. We should I, can of worms online communities online and yeah. website Community stuff. Usage. We could talk about that for yeah. a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's an excellent. That's All right. a distraction we need to eschew in this. Um, is your daily schedule rigid or loose? Mine is very loose. Very loose. Howard? Fairly rigid. Fairly rigid. Um, I'm going to say mine has been loose in the past, and I have switched recently to a rigid schedule, and it has made me more productive, unfortunately. Um, I, <laughs> We're sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, I used, to, I used to do it kind of the bohemian way, you know? I got up when I felt like it. I wrote when I felt like it. I went, bed when I felt, went to bed when I felt like it, and I was always productive. <laughs> So well, if you're talking about you've those got two things, other people living with you, and, well, and it that wasn't them doesn't... that changed it. It was the wheel of time. I have such sharp deadlines on this that I said I need I need to double my predict productivity. Um, which what I decided to do is I'm going to start getting up and working nine to five. I'm going to get up, start you know start writing and work an eight hour straight block instead of two two four hour blocks. Okay. And has it worked? Did it worked, double your productivity? It hasn't doubled it, but it worked very well because I don't have that lead in time to each right. of the four-hour blocks and the lead down time. Um, in the four-hour blocks, I was usually getting about two hours of productivity right in the middle of each of them. Yeah. Um, and now I'm getting six hours of productivity in the middle. And so, you know, I've, I've, I think I've added 50%. Um, but Sweet. I've had to give up my going to bed when I want, getting up when I want. I have to get up at the same time, I have to go and I have to work. No more, you know, hanging out for, with lunches for friends and things Welcome like that. Welcome to adulthood. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, if, if that's what you're asking about, then yeah. yes, I'm fairly rigid with the times I start okay. and stop and the times I get up and the times I leave. I actually think it's valuable beyond just the writing. I think it's very valuable for my children to see, despite the fact that Daddy doesn't really have a real job, mm -hmm. he, he still follows a schedule, you know? Tell them it's not a real job. <laughs> Don't let everyone in on the secret. I, I think it's valuable for them to see me leaving in the morning it's, it's and very, going very to work. Hard. It's very, very hard. Emotionally we, challenging. Yeah, we <laughs> earn all of our money. All of our exorbitant <laughs> fees, we earn them because it's just so grueling. Hey, don't rub your exorbitant fees in our faces, Brandon. Hey, I'm, I'm not the one talking. Anyway, this has been Writing Excuses. <laughs> menu, 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 menu. Settings, backlight timer. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. 
They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 